What's up, everybody? This is just your friendly reminder of our sponsors. We are sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, both written by yours truly, Trenton Sweet, and my co-writer and co-host on the show wrote Awakening the Tranquil Warrior with me. And we are also sponsored by The Old Road Farm in Washington, Pennsylvania, a local to us, regenerative and beautiful family-owned farm. We are also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania. Sounds good. Well, what's up, Sean? Welcome to the Energy Fitness Podcast. Uh, Sean is the owner of North Star Bison, which is a fucking phenomenal regenerative farm. And uh, I won't take away your thunder. So if you want to give a little intro of yourself, man, that'd be cool. Um, Sure. Yeah, I grew up, uh, this has pretty much been my whole life. grew up on the ranch got our my parents got our first bison transitioned from the health and fitness industry into uh, ba- uh ranching kind of back to their roots uh when i was eight years old so it's been almost 30 years in this uh in this space but a lot has changed in the last 30 years but mostly uh focus on a lot of our the sales and marketing aspect and my sister marielle uh, is kind of our more on the operational side for the ranch and uh processing and so we kind of meet in the middle she brings it live to the to the um the processing side of things and then i take it from processing to the consumer so that's my my role here but yeah we, there's a lot going on and uh it's hard to put it all in a nutshell but um, yeah it's yeah i think it's cool because most kids like you grow up on a farm most kids want nothing to do with the farm as they age like so your parents must have done something right because most kids run away to a big city for a while before they actually want to take over mom and dad's business <laughs> yeah and i and i you know there's a lot of times you know throughout my life various points where i would think back or just you know think about the bigger picture and think you know is this really you know do i is there are there other things out there that i'm missing is this you know is this um as good as i think it is or or whatnot um so i think you you it's healthy to go through those those stages of exploration basically but yeah yeah, i think if we did um you know if we were cattle ranchers or something like that the outcome probably would have been a little bit different but because i'm super passionate about conservation and wild places and wild animals and so bison ranching is a lot of that and i'm passionate about health and, and fitness and wellness and that kind of thing too so it's it's the convergence of all those things you know yeah. in uh in one in one space which is pretty phenomenal pretty perfect the, the way that nature intended it yeah, yeah I, exactly. I love the way that ties in so i caitlin my wife and i found you online i want to say i thought about it more when we talked on the phone the other day and i think ben greenfield had shot you guys out in a podcast and i think that's how i heard about you guys in the first place it had to have been six seven years ago it was a while but we were super excited to find you because we're in southwestern pa you're in wisconsin so pretty local um Mm -hmm. as far as ecology goes and at that time my wife was studying to be a holistic nutritionist and as you probably are aware most of the schooling wants you to be plant-based and vegetarian and all that bullshit and at the time I was weighing like 300 pounds and I'm like 5'8 on a good day so I looked like a fucking walrus it was pretty nasty (laughs) and Uh so we were going through this life change we were trying to figure out 
you know, how to be healthy again, because we were both healthy young adults and then life changed. But so she was going to school for that. And all we started incorporating all the things that she was learning because we thought, well, it must be right. And I lost a lot of weight, but there's a huge difference between losing weight and losing fat. And so I got to a point where I dropped a ton of weight, but I was sleeping all the time. I felt like garbage. I was mean. I was like, I was just in a horrible headspace. And I thought, this can't be the right way. Something is wrong. Like we were eating pretty much chicken breast, rice, and broccoli. That was like all we were eating. And granted, I lost the weight, but it was not comfortable. I felt like garbage every single day. And so we started doing some research and there was a, a ton of fantastic books. One of the very first books, books I read was The Vegetarian Myth by Lear Keith. I think it was released in like 2009. It's a fantastic book. She was a vegan for like 20 years, destroyed her life and talked about going animal based. And then, of course, there's The Carnivore Code with Paul Saladino and Dirt to Soil. Yeah with Gabe Brown. And then I even read Super Life by Darren O'Lean, which is, he's a stark vegan, if you've heard of him. Uh, he just published another book yeah. called Fail Conveniences. But what I really got from his book was he talked a ton about local, regenerative, and in-season fruits and vegetables. And so I kind of took his in-season and local fruits and vegetables and mixed it with what Paul Saladino was talking about, with animal-based um, and eating regenerative, and then eating red meats because... I heard you say this before on another podcast, like we were trained to believe that red meat was bad and we needed as much vegetables as possible. And currently, like I, I put on probably 40 to 50 pounds of muscle in the last like three years. Like you had said earlier, I think before we started recording, just doing the same lifting I had always done or had had started to do but I was able to put more weight on. I was able to actually progressively overload because I had nutrition for my body. And so it responded the way that a body is supposed to respond. But I wanted to really talk to you about that because I know that you had also switched your diet up semi-recently to more animal-based. And so I know the benefits that I saw from it and they were vast. And plus I can eat a hell of a lot less. Like I can eat two pounds of meat per day. That's what I aim for is about two pounds because I'm at like 160 to 200 grams of protein, which is where I want to be. And I feel good. I feel really fucking good. So what, yeah. what's your take on that as like the dude that's boots on the ground with the bison, with the animals? Yeah. What else? yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I have, I feel like I have so much to talk about with <laughs> you just sharing about your wife and her journey. Like that's literally my mom. Mary, who uh, that's much of her, her journey. She went to school to be a dietitian, went into the mainstream um, uh, nutrition field, I guess. And she was just treating sick people with poor diets and uh, <laughs> her eyes were really wide open, but she was vegetarian for a long time. And eventually she just couldn't, couldn't hack it. Grew up on a confinement hog, uh, hog farm in Southern Minnesota and basically said, I'll never never do this. I'll never farm ever again. And, and here we are. So what we do, what we do is, is I can't emphasize enough. It is so different from the majority of agriculture. Um, and that's not to, you know, uh, what do you want to say? Chastise the majority of agriculture. It is what it is. Um, but it's, but what we do is just, I mean, for the listeners to know, like it's, it's very different. There's um, all meat is not equal. Um, and I think, so that kind of ties into, you know, what you're, what you're talking, what you're getting at here too, is, um, 
in my journey, I guess, but there's a difference between feeding yourself and eating, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're, if you're eating in a, in a way that's, um, that's like intentional, you make different choices, right? Um, and I think that's the stem of, of veganism and vegetarian. I think it's two pronged. There's uh, people that are looking to to lose weight or stay slim, and and essentially it's through malnourishment, <laughs> yes. um, unfortunately. <laughs> and so, but that's not a, that's not a healthy person either. Um, but then also there's and and we can very much align with this is there's a lot of bad things going on in, in agriculture, ugly things going on in agriculture that are using animals um, with a deep disrespect, you know, lack of integrity, I guess. So I can't fault people for not wanting to participate in, you know, factory farming essentially and using animals as um, like canned goods. They're, they're, they're alive, you know, I mean, we need to, need to respect them and, I believe, you know, if respect our food, it'll, it'll respect us. Yeah. So it goes both ways. Um, but yeah, so my, my transition, I guess, you know, you'd think being in this space that I'd be the first one to, you know, to be um, in the, the front runner of carnivore and all these things really extreme um, being that we own a meat company, but that's not entirely the case. I think there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of balance and there's a lot of growth for me, you know, the, um, being a product of the eighties, I guess, and, and growing up all through the nineties, like there's a lot of myths that you latch onto that you don't necessarily recognize in the moment that are just really subconscious and that greens are good. And, mm-hmm. and, and greens can be good depending on who you are. I think it's a, it's a personal yeah. journey, but for the most part, I, I switched to a, an animal based, I guess, eight months ago. Um, and I've always eaten well, like my wife kind of teases me like you're the, you know, you're always eating healthy. You're always eating healthy kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, and she said that over the course of our marriage and, and that's the way my, like I grew up with my mom not having sugar in the house because yeah. she didn't want to, you know, be tempted with it. And so we grew up with cardboard bread and you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff, which was pretty crunchy. Um, <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that that was that that uh, quote unquote healthy lifestyle was feeding myself well, as as I basically have you know come to come to understand here in the last eight months, like the transition that I saw. I've, I've always been active in sports and on the ranch and um, busy person, and I wouldn't say I was I was necessarily unhealthy i would say i was definitely on the healthier side and and an active person um but i was when i when i started lifting intentionally getting more serious about holistic health basically um i was 197 i didn't do a body fat percentage or anything like that but the pictures tell the story yeah um like 197 i'm six foot and now i weigh uh 210 I guess, but the transformation in the photos from the last eight months, you know, the first four and a half years of my, of my lifting season changed a little bit in the last eight months since I basically like a light switch when I switched my diet to an animal based diet, um, everything changed drastically. And, um, that gives me great hope and encouragement for 
anyone, you know, and it, it's get it's given me a, a sense of boldness and desire to to talk about that um, that aspect and, and the power of of food. Um, I think it's the most fundamentally, it's the most impactful thing that anyone can change today. A lot of things just take time to see results, um, but almost instantly, you know, within seven days, you're going to feel different. Yeah. You're going to sleep different. You're going to um, act different. I mean, it, it just changes, you know, hormonal balances and, and all these things just start to align. Um, and then over the, you know, the course of a month or two or three months, you start looking different, um, which is basically the proof in the pudding at that point where people, once it becomes external, yes. they're like, wow, it is, there is something different, you know, clearly. Uh, you yeah. can talk about how you feel and people try to relate to that um, because everyone's perspective is is their own experience. Yeah, so subjective. Um, but I think a lot of people, exactly, and a lot of people don't even know what feeling good feels <laughs> like, unfortunately. So they relate it to their best days and their best days aren't even that and, good. So And on top of that, people um, get so biased to what they're trying. Like I, I see this all the time, like with the... Mm-hmm not to really attack the vegans because i do like you said earlier i think they do it for the right reason but they lie to themselves that they feel great and blah 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 but yeah. when you look at their body like you're saying there's no true evidence that they're actually doing better in fact it may look as if they're doing worse they're just they're they're lying about how they feel <laughs> yeah, yeah i would say so and i think there's a lot of um i think there's some value or something to be said about you know, what do you want to say? Acknowledging your convictions and, yeah. and, and holding to those. And I think there's, I have a lot of respect for vegan or vegetarian um, folks because I, I feel like they are, they are convicted and they're doing something about it. And I think there's a lot of um, powerful, um, what do you want to say? Powerful mental uh, energy or peace, you know, that comes from, yeah following your convictions and i think that's i think that's yeah, valuable and honorable. yeah exactly exactly but the diet itself um falls flat on the space unfortunately yeah. uh, like, and, uh, you know we have a lot of customers that you know as the the author of that book that you talked about my mom is is the same way you know eventually you can't ignore the signs of, of malnourishment and they catch up with you in a way that is it becomes very scary yeah uh, we have a lot of customers you know that have that reach out and basically they're like you know, I've been vegan for 15, 20, 30 years and my hair's falling out now. And like, there's things that I can't deny any longer that my diet, is, there's, there's missing links. And yeah. my doctor's telling me I need to look at protein. So if I'm going to do protein, <laughs> uh, animal protein, you know, I need to, I still need to have peace of mind about where this stuff is coming from. And, and, yeah. and some of them find us and, and uh, it's the beginning of a journey for them too. That is, yeah pretty powerful I, it's it's hard to describe and it takes you know, a lot of courage a lot of customers yeah yeah exactly it does and it's kind of a scary transition and but um there's one my mom likes to tell a story because she's a, a dear friend of hers now but uh had had transitioned from full-on vegan and i think she was actually an activist um in her in her day basically writing books and and really um active about about veganism and and really passionate for a long time uh, she was head of some uh, vegan organization and um, and started experiencing some pretty severe health complications and 
yeah. uh, decided to try some bison. And uh, for the first week, she she couldn't sleep through the night without waking up and going down and, and cooking a burger and eating it because her <laughs> body was just like having this, you know, yeah. uh, biological response that just says, whatever, whatever you just gave me, I need more of, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and so it, it's kind of funny how what your body is asking yeah. um, for it, you know, and, and, and if you're in tune with it, yeah. uh, it's, it's interesting. I bet that was really hard for her to transition from being like the leader of a vegan movement and oh, man. Thing. like that that really does take courage i think that what they see like when you go from the regular western modern diet to anything that's clean vegan carnivore whatever you're gonna see immediate results and if you really attach yourself for, for one most of the nutrients and minerals that are in meat besides protein and amino acids they last a long time in your system like vitamin a lasts like six months in your system system a lot of minerals your body retains for quite a while so mm -hmm. you can be pretty healthy you could probably go a couple of years as a vegan and feel perfectly fine and be really against you know really truly buy into what you're doing uh, which i could totally see with a lot of these people and then so you really get on the train and you really start pushing it but then years come and all of a sudden like I said your hair is falling out and you feel like trash and you're like okay it's gonna be really tough but I have to do something that's just like that author that uh Lee Air Keith I talk about this book all the time because it was it was literally the most transitional book for me because she had been a vegan for 20 years and the same thing she was an activist um she was pushing it really hard and she had developed several autoimmune diseases and conditions that were really bothering her and making her life really difficult. And the doctors were telling her same thing, like, you're, you know, you're pushing your body to the limit and not in a good way, in a way that, you know, you're going to die really uncomfortably and early and you need to incorporate these foods. And for years she fought them. And finally she said, okay, I have to make a change and so she like closet ate, you know, meat and organs and stuff wow. like that. And yeah. once she saw, you know, within a couple of weeks, like you said, she, she immediately saw changes in her attitude and her sleep and her body. And so she was like, fuck, <laughs> I have to go back on everything. Yeah. And that's tough. That's, that's, that's an identity crisis, basically, at that moment, yeah. you know, you're like, geez. Yeah, you built your life on heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whole platform yeah. ripped off under you. I want to talk about organs real quick. I really want to talk about yeah. the ethics of the way that you do things. But I also want to talk about the awful foods, right? Because you were the first farm I found semi-local that offered pancreas and liver and heart yeah. and of a multitude of, of species, not just the bison. And I fucking love nose to tail eating. That has been the biggest game changer for me. So mm -hmm. you were like one of the first people to offer that online to ship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we started sort of our website actually i think we were the first and this was honestly by accident kind of uh well there's a guy um uh, here that was working at the library his name was chris Sirio. he's since since passed away um but he was in the in the late 90s he was doing a lot of work for the u.s government on um just he's a, a freaky smart guy that was doing a lot of um technical work computers and things like things like that a lot of advanced yeah. um stuff for the military and things and communications and and technology that was far ahead of of mainstream america and uh he's like you know there's this thing called the internet and you guys should <laughs> I, I think there's a potential there that you guys could help you know it could help you reach customers that 
aren't necessarily right here in, you know, Northwestern Wisconsin that you could, people could find you from California, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and it kind of blew my mom's mind um, <laughs> at that time. She's like, I, I don't know what you're talking. I mean, this doesn't make sense to me, but okay. You know, we'll give it a shot. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll set it up for you. And, and uh, so in 1999, yeah, we got, we launched our first website. And oh, was, hell yeah. In 99. disaster. 99. Yeah. So oh, I think we were the first online meet like mail order uh at that time anyway it, it it's i think omaha steak started in like oh yeah oh six oh seven something like that so it was i mean it was very much the stone ages of, <laughs> of the internet but um and we failed pretty good i mean it was yeah. learned a lot in those first few years just how to make things work and make people feel comfortable with this notion of you know having meat delivered to your door and yeah. anyway kind of a very foreign concept but yeah so um that's what ultimately though that's what having this skin-to-skin contact basically with consumers we don't it's hard for us to take a lot of credit like we we have the incentivization of like we see this animal and we see the value that it has and the way that it's the way that it's grown and how different it is from you know factory farming and a lot of the 90 percent of the protein that's on the shelf at the grocery store is stuff that nobody actually wants to eat if they saw how it was raised and how it was harvested um and probably more than 90 percent. but so having this direct to consumer um uh, business model basically that the internet helped us to uh expand into that was originally how we got started but just locally and then it kind of the internet kind of took it to a different level that other people around the country could then find us through that uh that means um and then consumers started asking for things that were their holistic practitioner was telling them hey you know um it's a little bit of um oriental medicine i guess uh you know eat the organ that feeds the organ yeah um, or to heal the organ so that's that's really where things started and a lot of our product line has has come through requests of consumers and us just trying to meet needs of people yeah and find out ways to to do that you know customers would ask for a pancreas be like you know never seen one before but we'll you know we'll find it and we at the time we didn't own a processing facility or anything like that and so as we as we started to say yes to customers and and help people at at a uh, at a nutritional level not just not just giving something people or people something to eat um but really trying to feed people well that changes everything and, and how we view the animal and, and seeing it as nourishment, not just a tender steak, you know, yeah. or an eating experience or a grilling experience, nothing wrong with those. Like those are amazing too, a byproduct of, of the experience. It's very communal, but at the same time, like at the core, it's, it's meant to, to nourish. And so, yeah, we dove into this rabbit hole and, and then in 2005, we, uh, we purchased our own processing facility because we were basically running, um, <laughs> The other ones, uh, <laughs> it, it, part part of the time to be able to harvest some of the stuff that uh, that they didn't want to take the time for. So we would harvest yeah. um, some organs and things and help out on the on the the kill floor. And I, we have now have a, a custom processing service to our local community for other farmers that we can harvest and things like that. And it's it would blow my mind if a farmer showed up and asked if they could help. You know, <laughs> uh, that doesn't that just doesn't happen. So to know that you know, and that was I was young, you know. Yeah. 8, 10, 12 years old, 15 yeah. years old, whatever, working on the slaughter floor and, and harvesting things and helping skin and, and all this stuff. Um, so it was quite an experience. But yeah, that's where that came from. 
And now, um, as it turns out, like, I think it's interesting too. you look at nature and, and see how other predators, what they, what they go for, you know, and they, they're not eating tenderloins first. They're not eating ribeye <laughs> steaks first, you know, they're, they're going for organs that are yeah. more perishable, but also more nutrient dense. Um, yeah. and so they're eating, they're, they're eating the heart, the liver, the stomach, you know, a lot of those, uh, glands and organs live in the, inside the chest cavity. And that's what those animals are going after. And they eat the, the meat last. Yeah. And then there's just the, the skeletal system. Left. So, um, I think, you know, they're, they're, uh, highly intuitive eaters. And so we should take note. Right. Yeah. Um, but now as the science is starting to catch up with, um, what people thought they knew now we know that we know yeah. that that organs are the most i mean it's it's a superfood of all superfoods they're they're more nutrient dense than any other um than anything else on the planet like yeah. there's there's more nutrients in in the various organs within an animal than any other you know food type on the on the on the planet so yeah 100 percent. really fascinating and you can feel it you know when you're when you're when you do consume and we have uh we've since kind of dove down this rabbit hole even further trying to make it really convenient for people you know we have yeah. we've always <clears throat> not always but for the last almost 20 years harvested and and uh, provided these organs in their whole form yeah there's a very few people that can take a pancreas and um you know in their kitchen and, and make it palatable yeah uh put it into a smoothie or something like that and enjoy consuming it that way yeah. so um through my mom's disdain for liver <laughs> growing up you know liver and onions was a thing and she just couldn't even be in the kitchen when they were cooking it and so yeah. she just can't stomach it and there's a lot of people out there like that um and so we're basically the first one again working with the customers <laughs> that hey what if you put it in the trim you know or in, yeah, in with some yeah. ground meat and then blend it in and then it can kind of mask the flavor, but then also at the same time, you can get it in every, a little bit in every meal. Yeah. Instead of having to choke down, you know, eight <laughs> ounces of liver once a week, you know, in the, in its, in its whole form. So that's, that was the, you know, kind of the, the step into that world. It seemed really crazy and bold at the time, but it just took off, you know, people yeah. absolutely loved it. And it became at that point, it, people wanted the, the organ aspect, but they just couldn't figure out how to incorporate it in a way that was, that was palatable and convenient yeah. and so that and kind of bridged the gap there and, yeah. and now we've since launched a few other um but our our most diverse one kind of our multivitamin if, if you will is our old world blend that has uh seven different organs in it which is pretty phenomenal so i love it i know that like when we when we switched our diet and we started eating nose to tail we found you guys like i was i was so happy i was like in bliss when we found you guys because i'm like these motherfuckers got regeneratively farmed bison marrow. They got thymus gland. Yeah. They got uh, adrenal. They got the heart, liver, pancreas. They got everything that can legally be sold in the U.S. Like I was so excited. And yeah. we have we have three children. Four the fourth is on the way. And so they had cool. been, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. They were like attuned to the. Uh, so their their mother-in-law owns a bakery which is obviously not yeah. nose to tail or very healthy her products are incredible they taste delicious but for a child developing a palate that's a difficult thing so to incorporate when we started incorporating organs into their diet one we saw a massive improvement in their mood which is huge for children um as a parent like children can be insane um but i think a lot of that insanity comes from shitty food 
Um, yeah. But the ground meat blends that you guys offer with like the the first ones that we were getting, um, I don't think I've tried the whole the whole wrap up there like you were just talking about, but like yeah. the heart and the liver, I think it was what, 12 and a half percent heart, 12 and a half percent liver, and then the rest yep. is like a ground meat. Like that, you can make that into meatballs and you can make it into hamburger, you make it into whatever you want into any dish. And you it's very hard to taste that there's organs in it. So it's really, it's really palatable. It's really easily disguised. And that was kind of where we started with our kids was like disguising that ground meat blend. And it's incredible what a little bit like, you know, whatever that ends up being like two ounces per person at the dinner table or whatever of a certain organ. It's incredible to see what just that tiny bit will do for them mentally and obviously for yourself as well. But I think it's really important for children. And I, I like that. Because a lot of people that we talk to are like, well, how do I get my kids to eat healthy? Yeah, it's tough. But if you don't start now, then they're going to be a 30-year-old adult wondering how to fix their life because they're sick and, and have a lot of issues. If you start now, you can give them a, a really big jump start. But the ground meat blends yeah. are so perfect. for them. And bone marrow. Like, I don't yeah. know. I fucking love bone marrow. A little bit of salt. Just push it out of the bone. I don't even cook it. Yeah. It's so... It's so fucking good. It's like butter. <laughs> and our kids, a little bit of honey and salt on it, man. The kids will yeah. have no problem. <laughs> butter, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, deep and nourishing butter. But yeah, like butter on steroids, I would say. Yeah. It's kind of a, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the steroid. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that brings me back. What you were yeah. saying earlier about like the body composition change in just eight months of like eating animal based, like that it's the same thing I saw. Like I even as much as I didn't want to, like I had lost a ton of weight and my muscle mass was like so gross, like eight, nine years ago. So I started taking a ton of supplements, like all these different things. Cause I was like, well, obviously eating like this, you know, previously like broccoli, rice and chicken breast, which is not a healthy diet, not for the long term. I was like, I need to put muscle on somehow. So I was taking all these supplements and it it helped a tiny bit, but I just felt like crap still. Like then I had digestive issues that weren't there before, yeah. but incorporating liver and heart, like for one, you eat a little bit of liver and you actually feel a little, little buzz from it. Same with yeah. that. like that yeah. CO, that CoQ10 hits you and you're like, phew, it's like an energy drink yeah. uh, from the heart. <laughs> it's, it's wild and you can't explain it unless you've done it. So like, no. But that was like, like I said, I, I put on like at this point, I've probably put on like 55 pounds of muscle since then and, you know, burned more fat, kept fat off um, yeah. just by doing that. And that's like, honestly, that's a ton of, of weight. Like you said, you've put on like 20 pounds of muscle in just eight months. Like legitimately, that's what a steroid user is looking to do is to put on yeah. massive amounts of muscle while keeping fat levels down, keeping your body nourished. They just cheat, obviously. Yeah. Um, but right. if you can do it naturally, you're going to live longer, healthier. You're going to recover faster. You don't have to pay fucking however many thousand dollars a month for the blood tests and, you know, all these yeah. things. Worry about dying at 40 because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. All those stories. I mean, those those hit close to home because. So my my mom, I guess I alluded to her background being in, the, in dietetics and uh, they met at, at my dad's gym, but my dad was a competitive power lifter um, right that then segued into uh, coaching professionally, uh, professional athletes, I guess, and, and bodybuilders. 
so in their career, it was a lot of supplementation and that kind of stuff. It was pre North star basically, or, or understanding of, of true holistic nutrition. Um, yeah, the results that you can get. And I think for me, one of the revelations that I've had is, um, just based on the way that I feel and the way that my body responds to certain things is, is I, I now put a priority on, on digestibility or, or, or low stress just in general. Um, and, but it also relates to your gut. You know, if you're putting, if you're putting products in that have, uh, that are overly processed, um, they might've, they might've come from a good source, but they've been, hyper-processed and, and now they're difficult to digest. You're putting extra stress in, uh, on your digestive system to force it to try to utilize those nutrients, extract those nutrients. And your body, um, it's, not, it's not necessary to, to do that. And it's expensive. Like that yeah. stuff is, is not cheap. And it's your, uh, your payoff is, is very low compared to you know, uh, an organ blend type um, yeah. supplementation. And that's really you know, something that's that's really near and dear to our heart, I guess, or, or hits really close to home of a, of a, of the core of our beliefs here is like, we believe that nature is complete. You know, there's nothing lacking out there. So we just have to find, you know, what it is that we're uh, in ways that we're supposed to consume it. And, and you start looking at organs and, and, and incorporating those into your diet, not just muscle meat, but organs and marrow and uh, bone broth and all these types of things. And, and you start looking at the spread of nutrients and, and what the body is needing and what those are providing you covered almost all the bases. Yeah. Uh, there's very little that, that your body needs outside of, of what an animal like a bison raised as nature intended provides. Yeah. Um, my dad also in the early late seventies, early eighties, a lot of, he was, he went into, into powerlifting with a chip on his shoulder. He, he wrestled through high school and, and, and played sports and that sort of thing and ended up basically running the family farm his uh, later years in, in high school. And so he couldn't get to the gym because he'd be milking cows. <laughs> and so he'd be, um, he'd be feeding, you know, in between loading the feed cart, he'd, he'd grab a crowbar and some feed sacks and he'd be doing curls. So he'd be doing, oh, nice. you know, he was, he was lifting in the barn while he was doing chores <laughs> before school. And so he could still compete. Um, and then just kind of grew a fascination with, um, with the body and what it was capable of and yeah. some nutrition and, and training and, um, uh, and then ended up going on or, or developing a, a real passion for powerlifting and, and competed. But in his com competition days, I mean, he was, he was competing or, or training as hard as anyone. And then he'd go to these, these competitions and just get destroyed, you know? And he's like, what's oh, going on? how can I, how can I, you know, I can't work any harder than I am basically. And, and, over time, he was able to craft, um, you know, his training better to to rest better and to eat better and um, and all those types of things. But basically, that was the the moment he was introduced to steroids. And they said, yeah. you know, if you're not going to take, just get out of the sport because there's no sense of being here if you're not going to you're not going to uh, get on the drugs. Yeah. So he took offense to that, and he thought, you know, <laughs> like I'm going to prove somebody wrong here, and and he eventually did, and and set an American record in the deadlift. Uh, in the early eighties, but then it, it simultaneously with a few other buddies that were, that believed strongly as well, started the American uh, drug free powerlifting association. Oh, no shit. And so, yeah. Um, and that's so cool. I don't know that kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
he never talks about that kind of stuff because he's too humble. But uh, <laughs> he's got, I mean, he's just done some pretty phenomenal things, you know, just out of passion for not, you know, not for bragging rights or anything like that. But, uh, but it's kind of the common thread through their whole entire lives is, is really just pursuing passionately uh, what their, what their convictions are and, and what they see. Um, and they, what they've seen in athletes, you know, in yeah. a lot of different people um, at a really high level and the way that they respond to certain things. And, and as soon as Bison came out of the scene, it was just a, a dream of my dad's to have a few. And then this dream kind of grew and the herd was big enough for my mom's like, we should probably try to make some money with these or do something with them. You know, we can't <laughs> just proliferate forever. Um, we're going to run out of money. And so anyway, she's like, I think I can sell the meat. Like once they started to understand some of the meat, and this is the early nineties and there was really no information on yeah bison meat nutritionally yeah. uh, but as they started to dig and started to get some some inclinations on on the composition they're like this is it's red meat chicken but even better you know and and, <laughs> and like athletes need this right you get so sick and tired of chicken and this and a chicken breast isn't a complete meal anyway so right it's awful, um, it's, awful. it's like yeah. just protein and like low quality protein and most chicken is not raised very well anyhow unless it's for jack right. but i've heard that before i've heard bison referred to can you elaborate a little bit on that like i've heard that before bison being called like the red meat of chicken is that do they say that because of how lean it is like is that the yeah nutritionally i, I think i think the leanness uh aspect and um it's i think because chicken has been regarded as like the, you know, the bodybuilder protein. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the, the most commonly accessible elite protein, you know, that a lot of athletes are, are eating. And yeah. so it's just a correlation method. I think that I people can understand like, Oh wow. You know, yeah. I eat chicken like by the pound, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and if this is, if this is a red meat version of chicken, I'm all in because I, I can't eat red meat, you know, based on yeah. what the common perception was. And, and that, that's true because you shouldn't eat red meat that's raised, Really, I mean, that's raised in a feedlot and um, in unnatural environments because yeah. compositionally, like the, the 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 muscle and the fat composition changes drastically, and it's yeah. and it becomes um, an unhealthy, a less healthy protein at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You're because they're mostly fed corn and soy instead of grass and their natural i i read one time that uh, cows actually 10 percent of their diet is actually insects so they're just from eating the plants and shit like that naturally yeah. which is which is totally void yeah. in a conventional farm i think that's yeah i think it's really important to understand we a good friend of ours owns a regenerative farm up the road from where where we're at the old road farm and she was a naturopathic doctor for years in california and like you alluded to earlier um had issues finding nutrition for her her patients and mm -hmm. eventually she moved here to pennsylvania and decided to start a regenerative farm because she wanted to provide the nutrients to people and she talks a lot about the fat composition of a conventional cow versus like a regenerative cow and the fat composition of a conventional cow like that you pick up on a walmart shelf is almost all that fat, fat is omega-6, which is like the mm -hmm. fat that turns into trans fat extremely easily. And then yeah. the fat in a cow that's fed its ancestrally consistent diet in nature, just in a pasture, um, is mostly omega-3, which is the fat that we actually need. And that doesn't, you know, it's not a polyunsaturated 
fatty acid that like destroys your body when you eat it and literally causes oxidative stress. It actually does the opposite and creates healthy cell membranes for all the cells in your body. And then eventually as a whole, you just become a lot healthier. So I think that, I think that point alone for, for people looking to nourish themselves better, I think is really important. I, yeah. I wanted to say this real quick on your site. Uh, one of the coolest quotes Thanks for the quote. It just says, if it doesn't deeply nourish and respect the land, animals, and people, we aren't interested. It has to be a win for all, or it simply isn't an option. And you guys call that your triple bottom line ethics. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, we can't take a ton of credit for it because it comes out of um, holistic ranch management, basically. There's oh, this right. notion of tri- triple bottom line, but we've kind of taken that notion of and to a step further, you know, outside of just paying the bills and just taking care of the animals and just taking care of the people uh, emotionally, that's what that's referring to. Uh We've expanded it out and just said, okay, like consumers um, or planet, you know, and the well-being of the animals all need to be considered. um, They all need to, they all need, they all need to win by every single decision that we would make. Um, And so this is, you know, this is exactly what you're describing is like, you can take the same animal and put them in two different environments. There was just a study done by this, uh, or on this by uh, a guy named uh, Stefan van de Leek. Um, and I would encourage if you're a nerd, um, or <laughs> like looking at, um, studies, I guess that are like this nutritional studies. It's, it's the most extensive meat study that's ever been done to date. And they just finished it here in April, 2023. So it's fresh out, but they just concluded too, that, um, 100% grass-fed regeneratively raised bison is 1.7 to 1 omega-3 to 6 ratio, which is Perfect. phenomenal. It's for, it's far better than what yeah. we'd even uh, thought it was. Uh, grass-fed beef is around 1. Point, or, uh, 4 to 1 ratio. So, um, yeah, it's, it's twice as good as, as wow. um, grass-fed beef. And so that's that blows our minds. We, we didn't <laughs> think, we thought, you know, grass-fed bison was slightly better. Yeah. It turns out it's significantly better and there's more, uh, a lot more information too on micronutrients and things like that. And that's the micronutrient rabbit hole is something we could dive down to. Like that's yeah. the thing that, um, that a lot of high level nutritionists are starting to recognize that's where the gold is, right? It's yeah. not so much macronutrients. Macronutrients are, are something that are important, but they're also a byproduct of, um, uh, just a natural byproduct of the raising process yeah. that create macronutrient density. And, and that's important, but, <clears throat> but more so as you talked about earlier is these micronutrients that can last a long time in your system. You don't need a ton of them, um, but they need to be bioavailable and you need to consume them in order to be able to maintain those within your body because your, your body has this amazing ability to have margin and compensate for, for mistakes or things that we're doing incorrectly and so it can become this slow fade whereas two years down the road once you basically have hit the wall so to speak on on lack of micronutrients you don't realize that that decision has been was two years ago yeah and you're just now the consequences are just now catching up with you because our bodies are so remarkable in the way that it compensates for uh, deficiencies in short seasons um relatively short seasons so it's amazing once you start on unpacking all of this stuff, but um, yeah, the, if we're, if we focus again on feeding our bodies well um, 
and and eating things that are good for us and and less of thinking about you know what i can't eat kind yeah. of a negative look on on a diet of you know what am i excluding maybe don't i i feel like that's a it's an okay way to think about it but i i i, I guess trained myself to to more look at what should i eat you know yeah like I'm, a priority I'm hungry, what what will feed yeah what will what will feed me best and that's what i should eat and you know once i once i'm full then i quit but it's 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 just a little bit different paradigm i guess on, on consumption but yeah going back to the, the triple bottom line thing it's um when when animals are raised this way that, that deeply nourishes humans it just so happens that it also um is good and respectful for animals and i think that comes another aspect of this that is worth touching on too that we do very differently um is our field harvest and yeah, that's, that's another aspect that. that's really that's really unique and it does respect the animal uh it also maintains a a lower level of stress in the animal or basically zero stress in the animal which can also have um negative impacts on on the the quality of the meat or the quality of the eating eating experience but then also um, elevated stress hormones in the, the the tissues itself which see or seem have to have some correlation there's uh, there's a, a health issue that's really exploded on the scene in the last five years. I would say that we've become a lot more exposed to it or our customer base has exposed us to it a lot more as uh, histamine intolerance. Yeah. And basically people that come to the end of their rope um, um, physically, uh, health-wise, and their body is, they have no margin left to be able to compensate for toxins and, and uh, bacterial overload within certain foods and things like that, they just can't handle that anymore. And so the body just rejects everything. Um, it's a scary place to be yeah. because a lot of these people end up basically almost on their deathbed before they figure it out. And um, so one aspect that seems to be a, a common denominator is, is the stress aspect that I had talked about earlier too, and just recognizing sources of stress within our food and within our um and, and putting stress on our undue stress on our bodies through you know synthesized um proteins and, and supplements and things like that <clears throat> that are hard to digest but there's a um an element of this field harvest that that cortisol seems to play a role in the acceptability of of uh of food i guess or the, the digestibility too yeah. for some of these that are the most sensitive people on the planet um there was a, a particular customer that we had that that could eat our aged steaks which basically if you know anything about low histamine um, aging process is like the faster frozen the better because aging is the worst thing that you could possibly do because it introduces a whole bunch of bacteria which causes um challenge for the gut yeah uh, for people who don't have margin so but she was she's just in love with our aged steaks and, but she couldn't eat a fresh frozen, uh, basically a quickly frozen um, sirloin steak from another company or another brand that was, it was also oh, bison yeah. that was raised grass fed. But the only difference, uh, and this was, was consistent with her every time that she would eat this one, she would have a reaction every time that she would eat ours. There was no reaction, even though there was a, a 21 day age, which is a fairly long time. Yeah. Um, and so the, but the only difference was the fact that ours was field harvested and the other one was not. 
And mm. so it seems to be that there is a correlation between, um, and there was also another study done a few years ago, um, conventionally harvested animals versus uh, field harvested animals and the, the level of cortisol in the muscle. The conclusion out of that study was that it didn't affect tenderness because they were using the uh, tenderness test to be able to de determine, you know, does it affect eating quality? And that's what they were looking yeah. at. But I think biologically and nutritionally, like there is an impact there that needs to be recognized because cortisol isn't something that is, um, is always healthy for humans, or, yeah. you know, sort our fight or flight, but to, to constantly be ingesting meat that is laden with cortisol can't be a good thing, right? It's the same, yeah. it's the same, it's the same stress hormone. It's as if, it's as if we're consuming highly stressed meat and that's, yeah. you know, uh, you are what you eat essentially yeah. is the, Absolutely. is the, the methodology or the mindset behind looking at that and thinking, you yeah. know, is that really consuming, um, traces of, of stress hormones is that is that good for me too and so that's where you know going back to the field harvest these were not things that we ultimately were thinking about when, back when we first started the, the field harvest um, way back when we harvested our first animal it was just how can we be as respectful to this animal animal as possible um, if it has to die which all things die yeah. um, if it has to die to nourish people how can we do that the yeah. best way possible? And uh, so that's where our field harvest came yeah. from. And it's something that so, we're, it's a, it's a non-negotiable at this point for us. Yeah. Well, so just for the listeners, can you dig into a little bit like what exactly a field harvest is like compared to yeah. conventional? Absolutely. Yeah. So a conventional system, um, you know, it's kind of the, everybody sees the the horror stories and things of, of factory, you know, in, industrial slaughter, basically where animals are put either on a conveyor belt or they're, harassed into a, a high stress kill box basically where they're immobilized um and then and then killed and the usda basically regulates that as a humane harvest they have to immobilize the animal uh basically put them in a headlock and then and then um have some sort of impact to the brain to instantly you know kill that animal but the stress leading up to that point is undeniable yeah. Uh, especially for bison. I mean, cattle are much more domestic and uh, there's elevated stress hormones in them. And it's, it's not a pleasant process for them, let alone, you know, an animal like a bison or an elk. So um, how we do it is, is I'm, I'm a very uh, passionate hunter. And mm -hmm. so I like to eat, you know, as if I, as if I had hunted it. And so that's essentially the way that we, we raise and harvest, you know, or harvest, our harvest processes is even better, I guess, than, than the way I'm able to hunt because um, we have specialized sniper rifles and yeah. uh, with suppressors to keep the, keep the noise down and, and all these things. And we're, and we're basically, yeah, sniping animals with a single brain shot out in their natural environment. Yeah. Um, and they're just grazing leisurely out in the pasture. We go out and yeah. select the animals for the day, present them, you know, the, the inspector rides along and, and does a, an anti-mortem it's called and um, verifies that everybody's healthy and happy. And, and, um, and then we harvest animals that way through um, selecting which ones are ready for the day and, yeah. um, or for that, that week basically. And, and it's just a, a single shot. Uh, we actually yeah. produced a, a little video with um, teamed up with, with Epic uh, bar yeah. who we were yeah supplying some, some grass fed bison meat too. And, and we, 
partnered up and, and did this video and um, nobody's interested or willing or desiring to to film you know their their harvest process yeah um, except for <laughs> except for us and you know there's I think there's one other company um, that does the field harvest as well yeah. um, out in South Dakota and so there's it's just us and them that are that are doing this in the world yeah. but it's really it's remarkable and and I wish there was a way that we could that we could um, scale it and share this harvesting process or be a testing or a proving ground basically for other facilities to be able to do it it's it's less efficient uh, there's a lot of logistical challenges or reasons why it won't become mainstream yeah um, but it'd be it'd be nice to see more meat harvested in this way um, yeah. to be available to consumers just not from just a from an animal welfare standpoint, from a, a human nutrition standpoint, um, and then also a, an eating experience standpoint, because it's um, it, it creates a, a more mild taste or just a, a better tasting and, and more tender product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, like with the cortisol, and when you're when you're cattling this animal into a very uncomfortable place for it, like even though they call it humane, the USDA it's not humane at all. It's, it's a disgusting process. Like I would much rather, like you said, I, I love hunting. And so like, even ancestrally, our ancestors like running after an animal and then spearing it or mm-hmm. with an arrow, you know, whatever the process was, you know, leading up to firearms, like that animal still was killed in a way that was much more natural, i.e. being chased by a predator, not, cattled into a tight you know place where it couldn't fight like what they do is in a position where it can't fight because obviously they don't want you know farmers and ranchers to get hurt and all you know the processors to wind up getting killed by an angry bull or you know heifer should be angry (laughs) but even ancestrally like it had the opportunity to fight you know and, and had the opportunity to get away um obviously and and I love that aspect alone. And then the, the field harvest was a, is a pretty big deal. I think for, for anybody who's in the process of switching their diet up because of their, uh, their beliefs in, I don't know, sustainability and things like that. And you touched on like the hormones of the animal, um, like in that conventional process and it's the same way with plants even. And I don't think a lot of people understand that because they don't give a sentient understanding to plants that they were on this planet hundreds of millions of years before any herbivores, you know, that led to carnivores or predators like us. They've been here for a long time and they really are sentient. Uh, there's some really great books like The Secret Life of Plants. Um, is a fantastic book that talks about like how plants are pretty fucking intelligent. But when you start to harvest a plant, especially in the conventional way where you're plowing a field or you have, you're running the harvester through your field. Uh, every single one of those plants is sending uh, signals to the plants around it, which are toxins and chemicals. And so as you plow, I don't know, fucking you're, you're harvesting like 3000 acres worth of corn. All of that corn has already communicated to all the other corn plants, uh, a defense chemical. And so Obviously, their defense is to protect them from insects and things that are going to eat them, um, not from a harvester. <laughs> they, they don't right. know how to prevent themselves from being harvested yet. But so what they do is they release toxins and chemicals into 
you know, their, their kernels, their seeds. And so when the insect would eat it, eventually it gets sick and it could even die. Um, that's its defense mechanism. So that the herbivore of whatever kind doesn't eat the entire plant. And so most of our plant products in stores, even if they've been done regeneratively, they still contain a lot of plant chemicals because that plant, especially if it's a seed, if it's a fruit, it's a little different. The plant does want you to eat the fruit. Obviously, that's why it makes this delicious fruit, but it sure as fuck does not want you to eat the seeds because to the plant, those are its babies and it needs to, it wants to use you to procreate. So there's in anything that you're going to eat, there's going to be a potential for a little bit of uh, fight back from it. But if it's a ruminant animal, that's already the most bioavailable source of nutrients for a human being, because that's what we've been eating for hundreds of thousands of years, maybe even longer. Um, we're already, our gut is avail is able to digest that. And then if it's taken care of and harvested in a way where it hasn't flooded its entire system with cortisol and adrenaline and, and everything that tightens those muscles and pulls nutrients from the organs and puts them into the muscles so that it can escape because it's super stressed out. Um, if you can do it the way you guys are doing, then you're, you're adding, I would love to see a nutritional test on that. Like, like you were saying, like the tenderness, cool, but like, I'd love to see the nutrient density in that meat versus, because I, I know the body itself, when it's stressed out, just like humans, when you're stressed out, it sends everything into your muscles and puts you in fight or flight. It even takes away from your brain, all your vital organs. It removes uh, minerals and vitamins from to supply you the opportunity to fight or flight. And so I'm curious what that would do to the nutrient density of the animal as well. And the way you're doing it, it's just grazing in the field, living its best life and Next thing you know, it's on someone's doorstep. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, literally, it's um, it, it just goes to sleep. I mean, I don't know how to describe it. Um, yeah. You know, the they don't they don't hear the shot because the bullet gets there before there's a noise, and the other animals they just stand around and and look. They don't, you know, there's no running. There's no yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing, you know, to to watch it. And we had a um, an animal welfare inspector um come do an audit and and her notes at the end of the the audit where i can't imagine a more peaceful way for this process to end so yeah it's uh it's it's remarkable um and i think getting to participate in um and, and to do something uh yeah it's 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 just special it's, it's hard to describe i guess <laughs> um but it's it, to know that we're providing, you know, that um, that level of, of dignity, you know, yeah. to the animal at the end of life, just before it transitions into, you know, nourishing a whole bunch of people. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty mean, cool. As far as like, so before we wrap this up super quick here, because I know we're getting we're getting close on time, but I want to just touch on sustainability real quick. And you just mentioned that like one bison this giant beast feeds many people. And can you touch on the sustainability of a regenerative farming practice? Like what you guys have with North star bison just real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically it's, it's us getting out of the way of nature and, and allowing our, our acres that we're able to manage um, and steward over 
allowing those acres to function as an ecosystem that resembles the way that bison interacted and and all of you know that that full entire vibrant ecosystem interacting with each other and, and all the diverse aspects of it you know from bison all the way down to a, a mosquito or a um or a you know a, a fungi in the in the soil you know it's, yeah. it goes way below the surface and the interactions that they have and, and just basically just getting out of nature's way that's our that's our our management practices you know and, and recognizing where man has kind of broken the system but it's regenerative agriculture um you know for those that aren't really familiar with it it's it's basically just a management style that's that's replicating um you know uh what do you want to say migrating herds of bison of old yeah. where they would they would come through and, and graze as a big unit and and impact some land uh, and then just constantly be moving and they would impact it and, and basically devastate that land um, and shred trees and, and shrubs and, and disturb the soil and, and eat a bunch of grass and knock a bunch of grass down and, and uh, they would disturb that land and then they would move on and, and that land would rest for um, six months, a year, five years, you know, sometimes before they actually come back to that. And that, that cycle um, builds soil. Yeah. Uh, it builds um, uh, soil density and the, the vibrance of the soil um, and the soil life. It's it's an invigoration process, uh, to put it simply, to the to the soil, which ultimately feeds the plant, which ultimately feeds the animal. So, which, uh, which ultimately feeds us. And yeah. so, those animals. What's interesting too is is you know you, you talk about regenerative um, plant based regenerative eating and. If we if we go to the kind of the nth degree on on that aspect, it's I have a hard time with with seeing um, you know if we want to talk about efficiency of, of production models, these animals are are grazing plants that are not planted by humans that are managed uh, naturally and natively, consuming plants that we ourselves can't. Uh, benefit from upcycling these nutrients and creating an extremely nutrient dense, diverse um, um, diet and nutritional panel for us. There's over 40,000 uh, micronutrients found in bison alone. Wow. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. Did this you Dr. Ben 40,000. Wow. They did a 1500. So this most recent study that they did was uh, they did the, the top 1500 nutrients found in bison meat, but he said there's over 40,000. And, and wow. I mean, that just blows my mind Yeah, um, wow. to think about the diversity and uh, you know, within one animal, that's a, that's amazing. And so these animals are going along eating all these various, you know, extremely diverse um, types of vegetation and forages that we can't consume and, and utilize in our own bodies. And, and it, but it's, it's fuel for bison. Yeah. You know, and so you harvest that bison, but then you get all the, you get all the best qualities of all in, in, in this is where this comes full circle. What's so exciting too is Dr. Van Bleed has actually uh, been studying high level athletes for 10, 15 years. And so he'll take uh, blood samples and muscle tissues and find out what makes people tick. Right. And see, so he, he said, if you were to draw your blood right now, for example, um, basically making the, the case that you are what you eat. He said, if you, 
If I draw your blood right now, I can tell you everything you've eaten in the last 36 hours. And <laughs> you start thinking about, okay, so where does your blood go? Well, through, I mean, it's through your whole entire system. And so yeah. as it relates to bison, you know, all those, all those things that they're eating and the diversity of that they're exposed to versus a monoculture um, cropping system uh, that they might be exposed to or that we are exposing ourselves to through uh, plant-based eating that is a very, very, very dumbed down nutrient panel compared to 40,000. Yeah. Know, we just talked about with, with found within a bison. So it's not even measured. And in, in, I think it's worth saying too, like there are, you know, of the three macronutrients as, as well. So, you know, carbs, fat, and protein, there's only two of those that are essential. Yeah. And those are fat and protein. Yeah. So, and that's basically all, all a uh, regeneratively raised and grazed animal is, is, you know, fat and protein and carbs being optional. So um, I think it's, it fits logically, it fits um, within nature. And, and I guess to wrap up the sustainability aspect, if we have to sustain something through effort, it's, that's the antithesis of sustainability. And so I see the cropping system as um, nutritionally devoid uh, for what humans need um, on a scientific level. And I see it as as um, unsustainable if we have to sustain this stuff through yeah. unnatural means and efforts. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with the garden. That's not what I'm talking about. But <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's in terms of big farm fields and things that industrialized agriculture. Um, it's there's no talking points when it you know yeah. from my perspective on on the value of those. Um, systems and they're extremely devoid of life yeah so. yeah and to the point of those forty thousand nutrients like those are all digested and run through a four-chambered stomach animal that breaks all those nutrients and minerals down in a way that's actually bioavailable to humans mm-hmm. because that's that's exactly. evolved and then also they're metabolizing yep. yeah yeah they've, they've done all the work to turning the sun's energy into the nutrients that were in the plants and then turning it into bioavailable nutrients for us. And then also to the sustainability point to the, to the fields and the plant pace kind of living. Most people don't understand that those, that soil that's completely devoid of nutrients. The only reason that they can have those monocrop fields grow anything is because they still take cow manure from farms or from conventionally raised cattle if you're lucky yeah, <laughs> if you're yeah. Lucky, it's manure otherwise it's yeah it's, fertilizers and things chemical exactly yeah they're they're using very unsustainable ways to produce that and or they're using blood meal and they're still like in that book vegetarian myth she talks about that all the time she had no idea that her vegan diet that she believed didn't kill any animals was actually killing like three million more animals than if she had just bought one cow per year uh, which is really important yeah. and super quick. So bison is native to Northern America and yeah. cow is not a cow actually comes from Africa and came up through Europe and, and, you know, then came here. So as far, so bison is superior in our ecosystem here. Can you touch on that really yeah. quick? And then I got so many yeah. questions, but we'll just finish there. <laughs> we, could, we could keep going, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so bison were once the most, numerous land animal in the world in the world in recorded history you know even surpassed africa um and it's and it's all of its glory in the safari yeah. um that we in in modern times are are accustomed to so up to you know 
50 to 100 million of these creatures just roaming North America alone. Oh, wow. And so if you think about it from a very, um, they're, they're better for the land than, than beef are. Um, their hooves are shaped different. They graze differently. They're behaviorally, they're, they, they interact differently, which happens to be better for the land. They, they're a very tight herding animal. And so they create more pounds per acre. Uh, which is a basically a metric, you know, that that uh, regenerative ranches are trying to achieve as as more pounds per acre. Um, beef cattle, you know, are are you have to they just spread out all over the land, and that's not that's not that's it's the opposite of what you actually want to be able to regenerate the landscape to get that impact and then to get the rest. Um, so anyway, bison just do that naturally, more naturally than. Then beef do beef. You got to fence them in tight and and just basically keep them combined or confined into that um, that fencing paddock where where bison we fence them into a, a smallish area, but they they're just this little cell that moves around as one as one unit. So um, yeah, they're 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 better for the land and they're better for humans. Um, like you're we talking about earlier that. The nutritional um, density and diversity found within bison uh, is significantly better than beef. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's they're just they're just better on all fronts, and I think there's <laughs> a reason why there was why they were the most numerous, yeah, and the easiest <clears throat> to hunt. They were the most available, the most and the easiest to hunt of yeah. any species on in found in North America. You know, I mean, if you had a rock and a stick, going back to your point earlier about how we gather our food and you know hunting it down if you had a rock and a stick you know are you going to try to chase an animal that's that's extremely flighty like a deer um, right. probably not you know you're going to take the one that's going to that has no fear of you yeah. essentially and just runs around in massive herds you know yeah. in the wide open <laughs> all day long yeah you know, all day like long. That's, that's yeah and and they just so happen to, to offer things that are far beyond food you know clothing shelter yeah um tools um the, the bladder was used as a water bottle because it's yeah. sterile. They're, they're different. Uh, they're a different animal. That's um, fascinating. Once you start digging into all the different uses that, yeah. that um, indigenous people had for, for these animals, there's, they were called the, the general store of the plains. And it's, and it's quite the true. General store it's of the plains. <laughs> yeah. Literally they, uh, they, there's a, you know, a, um, uh, they were so well yeah i mean going you know historically i guess there's a, there's a whole lot to talk about there too culturally and and kind of the story of the bison and their, their demise and the reason why they were yeah um, almost wiped off you know the planet um yeah that because be they, they were so yeah. right they were so core and so essential to the livelihoods of of these people that they were trying to um, starve them out yeah trying to yeah, yeah just oppress yeah yeah yeah, didn't wasn't there like there was tens of millions of bite of buffalo or bison killed like yeah. in like just a year that the government well at the government they put out yeah. like hunters to just wipe out yeah. their incentivized yeah incentivized yeah. yeah professional hunters to go and and the army to go up yeah yeah kill them off but there's another interesting story to that too there's a lot of disease that was brought over through from Europe through settlement that actually killed massive amounts of bison probably more than well, definitely more than than that were actually shot were yeah. uh, were died unfortunately through introduced disease. Yeah, that were... and, that, and that probably even can relate to the soil health in our nation. Like I remember reading one time that our soil health here used to be meters deep 
And now most farms they're working with inches of, yep. so, because that's what, like you were saying earlier, that the bison, they just naturally regenerate the soil because that's, that's how the ecosystem has. Yeah. And I think that's, that's it just fuels itself. And, and yeah. we've, we're a very extractive culture, you know, so we're, we're mining nutrients wherever we go and, and it's short-sighted, unfortunately, just yeah. because we've broken the, some of the cycles of nature and, yeah. So there's a there's a reason, there's a purpose for everything. We just got to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> got to get back to it. Uh, you guys are leading. Yeah, the way. I, right. I didn't know that you guys were like online in '99. Like that's that's so funny. I, <laughs> online I think in '99. That sounds like a T-shirt. I know, right? <laughs> like, I, I was nine years old, man. I I don't think our school even got a computer until I was in like high school, which would have been in the 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 late two thousands, like. <laughs> so, sure. I, I think that's cool as fuck, man. But um, yeah. so where can people, where can people find you at? So we can close it up here. I got, I got so many questions, man, but I know we're already over an hour. Yeah. So I want to push it. But I'm so good. Sean, Sean Grace, yeah. and people can find you at NorthstarBison.com. Where else can they find Correct. you? Yep. Uh, we're on Instagram as well and Facebook, I guess. That's, that's kind of the, we're not super active, uh, you know, on social media, but we post, you know, a few things and, uh, we always encourage customers or, or people, you know, to reach out that are interested in, in talking. We're, we're extremely um, available, I guess, you know, whether it's yeah. we just have a small team or a, or a small ship. So, um, yeah, call one of us in the office here and talk to a live person and we can try <laughs> to yeah help you along the way with whatever questions you have. And uh, we just try to be a resource. But. You know, we've got lots of great products, not just bison. We have elk and we have eight different species. So oh, you guys got fish some and everything. salmon. Yeah, that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I love it. Is. it. Yeah. Was so it yeah. Or, go ahead. What was it from Hapchuck? Is that what the burlap set says on it? What is the? Uh, yeah, Quijack is the. Quijack has yeah. it. Okay. It's, it's the, the, basically it looks like Kvichik, uh, yeah. river, the But it's, yeah, that's how you say the, the name um of the the river inlet i guess that that dumps into bristol bay alaska that that's where the the fishery i guess but it's 100 percent wild yeah so it's you know whether it's a fish or a beef or a bison or elk or or lamb or rabbit everything is raised you know under this umbrella and this this triple bottom line ethic um so it's yeah it's as natural as in in um nourishing as we can possibly um, grow it to be we love your guys product we we love north star bison thank you so much cool. it's like uh, so uh, we. Uh, my wife <laughs> just came down here she's trying to squeeze in <laughs> nice hey, hi hey. i wanted to come in really quick because i hear a chat and closing out but i wanted yeah. to come in and tell you that i love your product i really really do and with like i i was so excited when he told me he reached out to you guys because we started ordering from you guys so long ago off of a podcast and that was our first introduction to like good meat and um I trust you guys so much like I'm currently pregnant right now but our last pregnancy like we strictly pretty much ordered from you guys like bone marrow organs meat and I noticed a huge difference in your product and I really just wanted to squeeze it really (laughs) fast and let you know how much we adore what you guys are doing and how much we love your product and trust you guys yeah yeah thank you and I think I think that's worth saying too is like 
whatever's happening on the raising side is made evident in the experience of the product. Um, you know, if the, that's the, that's the selling point We're we're very in tune to, you know, customer feedback and what people are saying about the product and, and if it's agreeing with their body, because ultimately that's the, that's the, that's the final test, right? Is it nourishing you? Well, is it, is it agreeing with your body? And that's, um, that's our goal. And that's the, you know, the thing that we're striving for. So, but I mean, on that note, like, absolutely. Yeah, we'd love to have you guys out for a, you know, visit sometime. We do some ranch tours and things like that, yeah, which yeah, are yeah. like pretty, uh, pretty awesome. So all about that. Anybody, yeah. uh, we have a, basically what we call like an open gate policy. That's our, what do you want to say? Our third party verified, you know, um, seal that we, that we say, but we want to, we want to be, you know, consumer approved that you can come drop in anytime and, and verify that what we're doing is, is true and accurate. So. Yeah, that it's not all talk. Yeah. That's what you remind me right there. I wanted to definitely talk about this. Um, I'm talking to my good friend, Jonathan Alba, um, tomorrow. We're, we're going to talk for a good while. And he's the one I was telling you about who's doing a regenerative farming documentary. Um, I believe oh, yeah. it's Bradford Media House. And he's right now he's wrapping up his tour with like the Southern regenerative farms, like yeah. um, Rome Ranch and... Uh, yeah. White Oak Pastures. White Oak Pastures. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's a couple other ones. I forget the names right off the top of my head, but um, he's doing a Northern tour too. And so I'm okay. going to, I'm going to send you his number here in a little bit, Jonathan Alba. And cool. he's got a great podcast too, where he's been doing a lot of work with regenerative farmers like Gabe Brown and, and, you know, some of the big teams yeah. in, in the whole system. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it'll work out. I hope it does because I'd love to see you guys in it. Because yeah. what you're doing is, is so cool. We feel so connected to you because we buy <laughs> from you. So we're like, yeah. we just like love the company yeah. so much. And like, even like Trenton touched on your salmon. We we actually have a, a, a couple big ones in the freezer yeah. right now. Because that is the only salmon that our daughter will eat is that yeah. salmon. And when you cook that salmon, it's so yeah. tender, so juicy, it's so good. Um, it's got yeah. the prettiest pink color. So when you're cooking it, it looks great. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. We're super, super proud of that product too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You guys are just, yeah. Selling it all. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard not to talk about though, right? I mean, when you find something and I think what you just touched on too, like the connection that you have is, is real. Like the, we don't take the, the responsibility that we have or the privilege, I guess, that we have to, to manage someone's and grow someone's food for them. We don't take that lightly. It's not flippant. You know, we don't just ship it out the door. It's not just a cash, cash exchange. It's a lot deeper than that. And yeah. not to get like, you know, to make it more than it is, but like, that's, that's truly our heart is that it would, that it would deeply nourish people. And there would be a lot more than just, um, you know, physical nourishment that there's, that there's, you guys would, would kind of feel the, the care and the passion that we put behind everything that we do and the way we pack our boxes and it just, yeah. the, 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 you know, the total, the way we package everything. And it just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a total experience that we put our heart and soul into and everybody on our team is, is passionate about, you know, um, every yeah. step of the process. So, anyway, you could tell, I love the um, cards of recipes. Yeah. I put them on oh, the yeah. all the time. <laughs> or like sometimes like we even have one that's like a couple years old and it was like for the perfect steak and it's oh, actually yeah. like above our uh, oven. Oh, no. But yeah, there was like a, a morning hash with sweet potatoes and oh, bison and with the cast iron. Yeah, that was, that was so good. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah. So yeah, we duplicate it. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's meant for. 
<laughs> yeah, it's good, man. It's really good. So I, I know we're we're over time here, but there was just so much to talk about. It's so. exciting. That's yeah. why I had to come join. I know she wasn't here yeah. when we started. She she had an appointment for the for the baby in the belly. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Congratulations too. Thank I told Trent earlier, but that's exciting. <laughs> Thank <Very> you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, fuck yeah, Sean, man. I'm glad we were able to talk mm -hmm. today. Um and mm -hmm. for anybody who is more interested, like Sean said, you can reach out to them anytime. You can hop on their website. They offer these cool things called bison bucks. And when you order, you get yeah. like these bison bucks. They're like you get they exchange into really? dollars so you can save money on your next order. Um, it's really cool. And if you're like if you're one of the listeners who's not local, and I know there's quite a few. So if you're not local here, obviously we source a lot of we source from you, North Star Bison, mm -hmm. and then we source mm -hmm. from the old road farm. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's just up the road from us, but she has cows, chickens, um, ducks, things like that. Not a huge farm. And mm -hmm. so when it's the other crazy things, you know, we order from you guys. Yeah. yeah. And so and and I've like and, I, and I'll I just to jump on that really quick too. Yeah. Like we're we're passionate about like regenerative and the, the opportunity that is there for impact globally right and so we're not too like we're not the only show on the road here like that's <laughs> you know find something that that fits you um that you're excited to support that you know that has the products that you're looking for uh there's not many but it's growing and the more demand that is created for these products the more available it will become the more acres that are impacted the more people that are impacted um, it really matters and it's and it's something that we're passionate about beyond um you know selfish motives that we might have just for our little company that's that's not why we're here you know cash yeah. is the oxygen that we that we can operate by but that's not the reason we're in business so yeah. i think you know we're just encouraging you guys like you know your little farm up the road like it's small but that's if we have you know a hundred thousand of those little tiny you know farms that are raising animals or um, products regeneratively and have a, a relationship with the consumer. Just the um, the the value of our food chain grows exponentially. Yeah, I love that about model, the, so. the the whole regenerative community. I love that about because anyone you talk to who's they're a farmer, they're all encouraging, mm -hmm. and it because it's truly a communal thing. And like you just said, like it's it, there's enough space for everybody. There really yeah. is. And nobody's yeah. going to overshadow anybody else. Like it's all, it's really collaborative. And I think that's really cool. It's not like that with most other businesses and brands. <laughs> well, it's, if you recognize, you know, that we all, we all win, you know, if we're yeah. all winning, we're all winning, you know, yeah. and, and we're not, we're not about to sit here and, you know, be negative towards anybody else that's winning while we're winning. Right. Like yeah. that's just insanity and stupidity. So. Yeah. It um, is. Oh, we also get. We all live on the same planet. Yeah. So too. Yeah. You we guys have to tell us. You guys. I just thought about this. We yeah. always get. Okay. So we're really we're big fans. We're kind of super fans. <laughs> so we get um the black uh, blackberry sage. Is that blackberry what sage. it is? Is that yeah, what it is? It's a good one. Yeah. It's so we actually good. have two new, two new ones uh, coming out: Prairie Breeze and Morning Dew are coming. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like seasonal ones that are kind of fun they should be coming on here in the next in the next week or so but be kind of like limited offer drops that are they're good fragrances they're good. That so, are, they smell good. amazing yeah yeah so that's all 100 bison tallow we literally make it right here in the office and cures for 60 days and then you know to harden um but the interesting thing about that too is it's 100 grass-fed you know high um or 
high quality um, nourishing fat, right? For your skin, because your skin is your largest organ. Um, so what we're putting on our skin matters, but not only is the fat uh, healthy for us, um, most soaps have the glycerin removed, which is then put in the lotion. So it's kind of like this, you know, the soap that dries out your, your hands and you got to put lotion on so they can sell you two products instead of one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's all the glycerin is fully intact. So it's a hundred percent virgin, like fully intact. I don't know how to say that. I'm not a soap maker, but um, <laughs> if that makes sense, right? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's the way soap was intended to be. And, and it's yeah. the way soap was made towel. So it's super cool. years ago. And it's true yeah. because when yeah, you exactly. use that, so, what's that? Yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just, no, I was just going to say, I was going to add to that. Like, yeah, it's, it's perfect. And you can tell it's not like when you use some uh, big brand name soap on your skin in the shower and you come out dry. Like you know you immediately said. when you use a different soap like that. Yeah, even the smell and the scent doesn't smell artificial and gross. Like, it's like, it's a it's a totally different ballgame. Totally different animal. Yeah. yeah, so when you Literally. guys place your order, definitely grab a bar of the tallow soap as well. <laughs> yes, do it. Grab the, I think you guys have lip balm too, don't you? We do, yeah. Yeah, see, we see, we know. Well, the one thing that Sean mentioned on this episode that I did not know that they let out was a, a seven organ mixture blend of ground beef. Yeah, we just launched that one not that long ago, so it's not surprising you guys haven't. Yeah, that's not seen one that there yet, but, and we just uh just launched for the uh, the fitness crew that's probably be excited about this one. We just recently launched a testosterone blend, so um. it has bison testicle in it. Um, yeah, so like natural testosterone yeah. support so yeah like it's it's all there right i mean we don't necessarily need to we're gonna have to go on and place an order i know we, we like it's like yeah. we place the orders for the same stuff that we always get. <laughs> so, yeah yeah it's easy to get in a rut for sure yeah yeah that's that's cool um, i didn't know that i didn't know that yeah that's yeah. gotta i the my most recent book that i released is called rewilding the modern man and it's about naturally elevating testosterone, basically, in, in testicles. As hard as it is for most people to to slurp them down, man, they fucking they got all the shit you need. It's it's natural steroids. I mean, it's yep. it's insane. Yeah, so that's cool shit that you got to make because that is cool. Caitlin won't eat them. I don't I'm know what's so weird. In the pan. I'm just like. <laughs> what like i'm like he's like you yeah. should want some and i'm like i think i'm good <laughs> i think i'm good you can't yeah you can't even tell it's in the blend i mean honestly it's, it's awesome that's, cool that it's, try yeah. that. that's even great for the kids like yeah. even like we make a meatballs yeah. out of the blends yeah. um and mm -hmm. so like they maybe they'll not be able to tell i don't know we'll see we'll order some yeah the, the taste of testicle really would. isn't it's the look of it yeah. it's discouraging yeah. for know? sure <laughs> this giant yeah, for thing. sure but it's yeah. <laughs> it's the flavor is really not that bad it's not no it's not no so i don't no. think it would be no I'll, I'll say this too like just as we're wrapping up here like all these different products and something that's really um that we're really passionate about is is not wasting anything right so um we're currently using like 98.76 percent of every single bison carcass which that's is incredible un unheard of and yeah. we're, we're proud of it we're proud to share that with consumers because there's value there's so much value there's so much more value in this style of raising method that allows us to be able to use all the fat all the you know all these organs whereas if it were raised in a in more conventional CAFO style grain-fed um, environment the value of those organs and the fat just basically almost goes out the window um, because of the you know the 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 nutritional aspects all change they flip on their head um 
So it's, it's important and, you know, utilized, like you say, you know, the, the nose to tail, or we say hide the heart. That's kind of our thing is literally just, you know, everything, you know, and utilizing everything. And there's, there's so much value there to, we shouldn't be throwing anything away. And there's, you know, they, they are the, the general store essentially. Um, yeah. We're just finding uses for things and I'm curious, and not throwing so, anything away. But So you said 98.76%, right? So that's crazy. in the United States, I'm just curious because I don't, you're not allowed to sell lung brain and um, probably eyeballs. So are those like brain and eyeballs? Yeah. So we actually do sell lung for oh, okay. pet food. Uh, for oh, pet wow. consumption, so we're able to utilize a lot of things that are not for human consumption through our um, our raw pet blends and things okay, supplying yeah. Um, that. But yeah, brain because we shoot um, with a rifle or a projectile, there's risk of bullet fragments. We use all copper, um, so oh, there's no risk of, of lead poisoning or anything, or anything like that, or traces of lead. Um, but so. And it stays intact better. But yeah, brain is one we're we're not able to harvest. Eyeballs, we get requests for both often. Um, we'd love to be able to, but we can't. And then um, basically the sheaths of the hooves, which we're working on being able to try to to harvest those in a way that we can uh, then use them or sell them for like uh, dog chews, basically, because they're, they're made of hair, essentially. Oh. And they're, there's a lot of, they're collagen rich and they're extremely good for dog shoes are kind of soft and it kind of cleans out their teeth and mm. there's a lot of nutritional value in them too so there's a that's one project that we'd like to like to figure out but it's they're they're hollow and so we somehow have to figure out how to get them off the bone without making them stink and we haven't been able to quite figure that one out mm. so um, we don't want to have like the you know the the rotting smell or whatever like yeah. <laughs> to slip off the foot like that that'd be gross so <laughs> somehow we got to figure that process out and we will but um slowly and surely that's insane. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Insane. Yeah. I love that. There's so many, I feel like I found out so much more and just like being in the last five minutes of this podcast. About <laughs> yeah. um, that's so yeah. cool. I love the copper. I love that. Yeah, that's so thought about. And to me, that means so much more. No wonder everything always feels so good <laughs> coming from you guys. And we feel so connected because you guys are putting so much energy and so much thought and, you know, energetically into all of this that we can feel it. Um mm -hmm. So yeah, that's awesome. We're gonna have to like meet and do another podcast sure. or something. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are more than welcome to come. And I, I, anybody that's listening to this, we like I said, we're we're constantly we're encouraging. We want people to come out and see, you know, not to be weird about it, but like see your feet, your food walking. Yeah. I mean, you know, and living its life and 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 have that interaction and that experience of uh, because I think it's it's difficult, you know, to come to terms with, with seeing your food. Um, but at the same time, I think it's entirely necessary and something that's, we would encourage, you know, because it, it impacts what people use and impacts what people waste. If you understand that this is not coming from a can, you know, that it's, there's uh, if you understand the whole back end of it, um, more, the more you'll value, value and cherish, every yeah. single bite through the process people should be connected to their food i think it's important to be connected know where to where it comes from yeah, yeah. i yeah. agree it, it like kate was saying like energetically it brings a whole new like that's something that's not talked about a lot you know we talk about hormones and hormones are basically a direct correlation to your energy you know your 
your bio field of energy, your aura. I mean, you're just your electromagnetic being itself connects and reacts with and causes hormones to secrete. And so if you have a proper energy, like if you are, if you can be in coherence with your food and the world around you, just like regenerative farming, like you guys are doing it does, it allows you to be more like not to be too woo woo, but it allows you to be more karmatically connected to your food in a way that's beneficial. Yeah. When you, yeah, when you separate yourself and you have no idea where your meat came from, you have no idea how it was raised. You have no idea about any of that. You're not connected to that food in any way. And our ancestors, like you're a hunter. Anytime I've ever killed an animal, I always, and I was taught this as a young child, you pray for what that animal has just given you. You connect yourself energetically, you know, to, Hey, even if it's just real quick, you know, you, you put your hand on the animal and you just thank it for its gift, yeah. the gift it's given you. Um, and that's powerful. That was, Our ancestors did yeah. it. Yeah, that relationship. And I think that's something that's just an undertone in everything that we that our lives revolve around relationships, right? What is our relationship to our food? What is our relationship to our spouse? What is our relationship to, you know, our surroundings? And, and how are we, we relating to things? Is it very uh, one-dimensional, disconnected? Or are we truly, you know, engaged and, and intentional, you know, with our decisions and our actions? And um, yeah, it's a, it's a sobering thing, you know, to take the life of an animal for food. You know, yeah. recognizing that its life had to end in order for mine to to continue and for mine to thrive. But with gratitude and, and respect, like that can be a really beautiful process. Absolutely. I love that. That's a great way to finish right there. I think that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Cool. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for your time. Yes. Thank, thank you. you guys, too. It's been a pleasure. Hey everybody, I'm back again to remind you for the second time in this episode that we are sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man, written by yours truly, Trenton Sweet, and the book sales of Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, written by myself and my wife, Caitlin. Two books that you can find basically anywhere that you buy books, so check them out. We are also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania. So your participation there also sponsors this podcast, and thank you very much for your support. We are also sponsored by The Old Road Farm in Washington, Pennsylvania, a beautiful family-owned regenerative farm doing everything the right way. And if you want to know more about them, and I think that you should, check them out at theoldroadfarm.com.